It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. A quarter of the way through the season already. Um, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it hasn't been that great, I guess. Some quick quarter season review, an update that everyone's been waiting for all weekend, and a whole lot more on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is November 29th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about where the Magic stand at the quarter mark of the season. We'll talk more about that throughout the course of the week because it's kind of the we're at, we're at this kind of way station, so to speak, of the season. We'll talk about the Magic's loss to Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll forget about the loss to the Chicago Bulls. Um, we'll talk a little bit about where the Magic stand at the quarter mark of the season, some of the big issues that they face, plus the latest news on the returns of Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. We actually got an update. Hooray! We'll talk about that, all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we do want to thank you for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Whether we're your first listen of the day, whether we're your at-work listen, your lunchtime listen, your workout listen, you're on your way home from work listen, whenever you listen to Lockdown Magic, we truly do appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember the Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. This episode is also brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. And you can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Check out Truebill today. Uh, let's start today's episode, though, by talking a little bit about the results uh, from over the weekend. The Magic lost to the Chicago Bulls. That's all we need to say about that game, uh, frankly. 35-point loss, gave up a 16-0 run to start the second quarter that turned uh, a tie game into a blowout. Um, Orlando did get the down to 9 at the half, but two turnovers just killed them. And uh, that, when this team buries, like, the, the, way, the way I've been describing this team to, to everyone is, like, this team can play a really good 40 minutes and probably a half-decent 42 minutes. But those six minutes that you just don't know what you're going to get, there's these pockets of games where they're like maybe three, four minutes in length. These pockets where the team stinks. And when this team is bad, it is really bad. Uh, And Chicago pressed that and turned that into a 30-point lead. That's how the Magic were down by 50 to the Bucs last week. That's how the Magic lost by 35 to the Bulls. Give Orlando credit. They came back and played a much better, much more entertaining game against Cleveland on Saturday. Um, they were in that game. They were really in it. It was, it was a neck-and-neck game for most of the first half. Um, Cleveland started to pull away a little bit uh, uh, in, the, in the third quarter, I believe it was. Um, it, it was. It was really, you know, again, just a few bad moments. Bad ends to quarters. Uh, those, have been ki- those were killer in that game. First quarter gave up. Uh, first quarter kind of gave up a little lead that they had. The end, I think they ended that quarter tied. Second quarter, 
they were tied, gave up a little, gave up a bad finish in the quarter. Cleveland had a lead at the halftime. Uh, it's third quarter. That's when they really started to push the advantage. They got it up to nine, I believe, at the end of the third quarter, eight or nine at the end of the third quarter. Um, there's nine, yeah. And 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 I, I came out and said on Twitter at the time, Orlando needs to win these early fourth quarter minutes, or otherwise it's going to be a, a loss very very easily. Um, and Orlando ended up losing by 12-13, so they never got blown out. They were still in the game. They just couldn't come up with the stops they needed or the shots they needed at critical moments to get back in the game. I, honestly, like those are games you could kind of live with. You could point to where the team kind of let go a little bit, um, and and it just came down to execution, pure and simple. It wasn't mistakes. It wasn't anything like that. It was just execution and shot making. And and again, I, I think those are losses you can live with. Um, Orlando had some really good moments in the game, and and you know honestly, I made this comment too. Uh, I felt like if Cole Anthony were healthy, I, I would have felt very confident heading into that fourth quarter. I mean, I think this is a really good fourth quarter team, um, provided that they have a chance to actually win the game. Um, there's been far too few of those at this point of the season. Um, but Orlando, Orlando was in the fight. Orlando stayed in the game. Orlando um, gave themselves every opportunity. Uh, to try and to try and come back into this one, and they were just unable to do so. Darius Garland got wherever he wanted in the in, in the paint. Um, that freed up Jared Allen. That freed up uh, their their bigs. Evan Mobley was fantastic. The hype about this rookie is very very real. His first game back in a little while, he played very very well. Um, I thought Orlando made some poor decisions at the rim. I don't I don't mind them, and I like that they're aggressive. They were trying to get into the paint, trying to get to the basket, um, but very poor decisions at the rim led to a lot of blocks, led to a lot of tough contested shots. Um, led to runouts uh, that got them in trouble throughout the course of the game. Again, Cleveland was the one really controlling the pace of this game. Um, but although Orlando, I think, did some really good things, and I think it was certainly a confidence-building win, it, it's still a loss on the ledger, a a, a 105-92 oh, loss at that. Um, again, you look at the stat, you look at the box score, Wendell Carter, 19 points, 8 for 13, shooting 11 rebounds. Really, really good game. And I know he got ejected at the end. I honestly didn't mind it so much. I, I, I do mind it. I don't like guys getting ejected. Don't like guys getting fined $35,000. Um, but what I, I did like about him, uh, I, what I did like about, about that game was, uh, was, you know, he played with a lot of fire. Um, you know, again, I think that's been the criticism of Wendell Carter is that you know, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from him every single game, um, or or you don't know if you're going to get an aggressive version of him every single game. Um, and I think I think what we did see, what we have been seeing over the last few games, and again, I think Wendell knows those criticisms and knows that of himself that he has to really make sure that his energy level stays the same every night. Um, he really played with a ton of fire. Um, you know, the Magic were getting the ball to him in the post. The the Cavs were doubling him really hard because they knew he was their best offensive weapon, and he did a great job moving the ball or finding space to get a shot off. Um, really like Wendell Carter. I, I think Magic fan. I, I honestly, like, there are, there, we'll talk about this more in a little bit, but a lot of individual growth, a lot of positive individual play. Um, Wendell Carter's been very, very good. Uh, Robin Lopez getting the start for Mo Bamba, who is out with back spasms. 13 points, 6 for 9 shooting, 4 assists for him. Uh, he had 4 of the Magic's 9 turnovers. 3 of them were offensive fouls. Lopez, Lopez admitted that after the game. Um, certainly not happy with himself, but Lopez called into action, been very rarely used, played really well. Um, yes, the rebounding is a little bit of an issue. He only had two rebounds in the game. Uh, that's that's always kind of been one of his issues. He's not a great rebounder, uh, but he played with a lot of poise, uh, really steadied that team well. Um, I thought he played really well, but obviously he had some issues as well defensively, um, doing the best he can. He's just not as mobile, which is why I think we've seen Moritz Wagner play a whole lot more. Speaking of Moritz Wagner, 
Nine points for him. Three for five from beyond the arc. Solid game for him. Really uh, helped the Magic stay in the game in the second quarter. Uh, really helped kind of buoy their offense. Uh, the guy is just not afraid to shoot, which is half the battle, I feel like, in a lot, in a lot of ways. Not afraid to shoot. Played really, really well. So I, I really liked that game. I really liked his game as well. Um, Franz Wagner, 12 points, 4 for 13 shooting. Uh, Gary Harris, a really nice game, 11 points, 5 for 10 shooting. Most of those were misses from 3, 1 for 6 from beyond the arc. He did have 4 steals, really helped the team there. Jalen Suggs, 10 points on 3 for 10 shooting, also 4 steals. Only 1 turnover, which I think is good, but obviously Suggs is struggling a little bit um, as a playmaker and figuring out how to distribute the ball and get the offense running. Um, the Magic need a point guard really, really badly right now. Um, even someone like Michael Carter-Williams would help, although I don't think Michael Carter-Williams is close to coming back. Even someone like Etwan Moore would help, although I think he's closer to coming back. Um, uh, he was playing two-on-two with Markel uh, and, and, and Ignaz Varsdakis and, and Moritz Wagner the other day. Um, but uh, the Magic need some, need, they need Cole Anthony back. Uh, he just really sets this team up really well, and, and I don't know if Jalen Suggs um, is quite ready to man the point. Cleveland uh, had a really good game. They end up shooting 45.6% from the floor. So the Magic did some good things defensively. Um, you know, they only gave up 105 points. I think the offensive rating was like 107, 110, or something like that. It's a slower-paced game. Um, only 97 possessions, I believe, in this game. Um, but still some really good performances. Darius Garland, 26 points, 11 assists. Jared Allen, 19 points, 11 rebounds. Laurie Markkinen with 20. Evan Mobley with 13 uh, as Cleveland's starters are able to beat the Magic starters, essentially, um, which is usually a pretty good formula to win a game against the Magic. Look, again, Orlando played well. Um, I thought they did a good job bouncing back from the Chicago loss. Tough night on a back-to-back. They missed a lot of open threes. They missed a lot of open shots. Um, and again, that some of that is the Magic are not a great offensive team. Some of that is, yes, there is fatigue. And this, was, this looked like a schedule loss when the schedule came out. Going from Orlando to Cleveland, that sucks. Um, it's hard. It's not an excuse, but it's hard, especially for a team like the Magic. Um, and so Orlando is going to have to going to have to find a way to scratch out a win. That's now six straight losses, and like I said, four and twenty one, four and seventeen through twenty one games. That is the worst start for the Magic since two thousand four, which was the two and nineteen season, where the Magic won their opening night game in overtime against the Knicks, lost nineteen straight, and then beat the Phoenix Suns at the TD Waterhouse Center back in the day. We'll talk a little bit about where the Magic stand. At the quarter bark of the season, coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. All right, if you haven't heard about Prize Picks, let me tell you why Prize Picks makes daily fantasy easy. Yeah, I know you love that. I know I, I love this. I love the idea of this game, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA da- daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of in football from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown in NBA, from rebounds to steals to points to anything in between. All of you guys that deposit and use your promo code use the promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So just be sure to use promo code NBA to get started. Here's how the game works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. This isn't like the other daily fantasy games where you're accumulating fantasy points and going up against a host of people, many of them who are professional fantasy players. This is you versus the over-under. You think that you think that Wendell Carter is going to score more than 20 points tonight against the Sixers? Take the over. 
You want to parlay that with Joel Embiid scoring scoring more than 30? Take that too. You can that's how this game works. That's how prize picks works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on those projections. Prize picks allows mixed sports entries too, so you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at DirecTV. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for that premium movie channel. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Whether we're your first listen of the day, whether we're your lunchtime listen, you're at work listen, on your way home, workout, whenever you listen to us. We do want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day. Remember, you can find us on all, download us wherever you download podcasts, as well as streaming on YouTube as well. We go there fairly regularly um, as well. Um, so Saturday was game 21, which means we are officially a quarter of the way through the season. Um, and, you know, it's this season has been especially tough to evaluate. Um, y'all know me. I, I care about wins. I care about these games. I, I, I do dive deep into these games. I think they're important for helping tell the story. They're data points, of course. Um, and, and you have to kind of take a long-term view. But I still feel, game. you know, essentially you, you watch this to see the games. The games are what matter. The games ultimately tell us. And, and yes, I do want to win. Um, and, and I analyze these games as if they're trying to win. Because at the end of the day, that's the goal. No matter what the Magic are trying to do this year, and and, we'll, and and certainly I think this season is not to be judged on wins and losses, uh, at the end of the day, you want to see wins. Um, you want to win championships, you got to win games. It's, it's really that simple. Um, the Magic obviously had an extremely difficult start to their season, and it's only going to get tougher here in the next, uh, next couple, in the next month or so, next month, the next three weeks. Um, this, two, this road trip coming up is, is tough. West Coast trips are always tough. Um, but we're in the middle of the toughest part of the Magic schedule by my eyes. It's a stretch of 16 of 22 games on the road. Magic have played, I think, only two game, two of those, two of their six home games. They've got one coming up this week, and then another two um, coming up when they get back from this West Coast road trip. So, really tough sledding here for the Magic. Uh, they're, they're they're not getting a lot of opportunities to kind of catch their breath, and and the injuries haven't helped. Obviously, they have the long term injuries with Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. We'll get to them in a little bit. Um, they have those injuries, of course, um, but injuries as well to Cole Anthony, who's really stepped up and played extremely well. Like I said, this season is not to be judged on wins and losses. So their 4-17 and record is, is not ultimately how we want to say whether this team's been successful or not. 
You look at the numbers and every number tells you that, okay, the Magic's young group is playing well together. Uh, the Magic starting lineup of Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter, uh, Franz Wagner, and Mo Bamba is one of the best lineups in the league. Among lineups that have played at least 100, 100 minutes so far this season, I think they're fifth or sixth in the league at this point. Um, obviously, they haven't been able to play together lately. The Magic's bench has been one of the worst. You look at all the splits, all the off-on off splits. When the Magic take Cole Anthony out, especially the team struggles. When the Magic take any of the, you know, put in largely bench lineups, lineups without really Cole, Wendell, or Franz, preferably together, those lineups struggle a ton. And so, at some, at, to some extent, a lot of the Magic struggles this year are about this on-offs, this, this bench starter split. Um, the starters are really good. The Magic's best players are really good. That's really encouraging. But they don't have the depth to compete. Like I said at the beginning, beginning of the show, it feels like this team can play you know, decent basketball for about 40 to 42 minutes, but those six minutes of dead period just kill them completely. Put them dead in the water. Take them out of games. Um, the reality is, when you look at that big picture, when you look at the kind of big picture scope as far as wins and losses, Orlando's not doing well. They're not doing all the things you want them to do. They're last in the league right now in net rating, which is usually, uh, which is used uh, statistically much more to say whether a team is better or worse than another one. Orlando is essentially the worst team in the league. They're bottom five in offense and defense. While there are some good things defensively, and honestly, there are good things offensively. I, I think there's this is a much more modern, progressive offense. I think that there are good ideas within the offense, even if they are executed less than perfectly. Defensively, I think there are some really good things, but again, execution is imperfect. Turnovers and fast break points have kind of hurt them, and, and so I think Orlando is better defensively than their numbers show still, um, especially when they get into half court, but their offense kind of hurts them in that, that respect too. But more than that, Orlando has now lost 13 of the 21 games they played by 10, or more, 10 points or more. The team has played the third-fewest clutch minutes, 17, in the league, and the third-fewest clutch games in the league at 7. Again, this is when the, when the depth scores within five points in the final five minutes. To me, these are all concerning signs. Because while I'm not expecting the Magic to win a ton of games, I would rather them lose close games than get blown out as much as they've gotten blown out. And again, depth and injuries have a huge deal to do with that. Um, for sure. And so, and looking at the schedule, and, and I'm going to warn everyone, looking at the schedule, the schedule is backloaded for wins. The Magic schedule after the All-Star break, especially, is considered one of the easiest in the league. So do not be surprised if the Magic win a lot of games late or more games than you would expect. Um, and yes, potentially take themselves out of some draft position. That is a 100% likely possibility um, with this group. Uh, I, you mark this down. Mark this warning down. It's probably going to happen. And I think the Magic want that to happen. They have a bunch of young guys. It benefits them to try and win games um, as much as anything else because they want to develop these guys. Uh, but obviously, there are still a whole lot of concerns. Um, and, you know, again, 4-17 and 17 is the worst 21-game start to a season since 2004. And that, that season was a collapse. So again, is that necessarily bad? Is that, you know, it's not good. I'll say that much. Um, but we are seeing growth in several areas. Um, Cole Anthony has looked like an all-star on some occasions, reaching a level that we didn't think he could reach. Wendell Carter has been playing with a lot more aggressive and assertiveness. 
really making the Magic look smart for giving him that extension that they gave him. Jalen Suggs has looked like a strong defender, has looked really good, and his offense is starting to come around very slowly, um, but it is starting to come around. And I think especially when Markell comes back and Cole comes back and they can move Suggs off the ball, uh, make him more of a secondary playmaker, that will help him a ton too. Um, Franz Wagner has been a revelation, been really exciting to watch. And he's obviously super young too, but he's really played with the poise of a veteran. These are all really positive signs. Mo Bamba even. Mo Bamba, whether the Magic re-sign him or not, or whatever they decide to do him at the trade deadline, Mo Bamba has looked really good too. Looked like a real NBA player when he didn't in previous in his previous uh, seasons. The Magic are doing good things. Right? Let's, let's be really clear about that. There are positive signs. There are a lot of things to get excited about. I still sense this fan base is really excited about the young group this team has. And yes, adding another high draft pick to this group for the long term is going to make them better. I'm already thinking about what this Magic team needs to do this offseason to, to kind of take the next steps in this rebuild. This was meant to be a bad year record-wise. Let's let, make no bones about it. This team is too young to figure things out. Now, they could figure things out. It could click really quickly, um, especially when their injured players come back, and they can make a run. Who's to say that that is impossible? It's still so early in the season, even though the East is significantly better, um, and 500 is looking like it's going to be the number. It would take a hell of a run to get the Magic back to that back to that level. The East is significantly better than it was last year, um, and really the last decade almost. Um, so the Magic do need to, you know, the Magic should be thinking of ways they can make a run, they can find little victories, they can find wins, but they've also got to play a lot better too. Um, growth is not going to happen when you're getting blown out. As much as you could focus on little victories, as much as you could say there are all these little signs, and there are plenty of little signs, I'm not displeased at all with how this season is played out, you still have to find tangible, positive results. And that's what the Magic are missing right now, are those tangible, positive results. Yes, there was a nice win against Utah. Yes, there was that really good... All four wins have been really nice. The Utah win was, was fantastic. Both wins against New York were fantastic. The Minnesota win was fantastic. Great performances that showed this team's potential. But we are not seeing that nearly enough. And there are plenty of reasons for it. And some of those reasons are not that concerning. The Magic's bench being terrible, honestly, not super concerning. Because Gary Harris probably is going to be part of this team much longer. Terrence Ross probably isn't going to be part of this team much longer. Um, You know, RJ Hampton's inconsistent play has been concerning, but they're not going to be able to keep all these young guys. Um, There are definitely... uh, there are definitely concerning parts, and there are definitely things that you can say are not so concerning. Um, that's one of them. Because especially with the Magic getting some depth and adding some guys back from injury, it's going to help this team out tremendously. It's gonna, we're going to be able to see what this team is really like. We haven't seen this team's sort of final form or, or, or what they ultimately want to be. But they still have to be better. They still have to find ways to make positive results. And that's been really, really tricky, too. The Magic did get some good news Friday, or did announce some good news Friday. We'll talk about where Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz are in their returns as we round the quarter poll of the season here coming up, plus the Magic taking on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight as well. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. Today is Cyber Monday. And so today only, November 29th, 
Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy, 20% off site-wide for Cyber Monday only, and even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has just landed in time for Cyber Monday. It's Caramel Almond Delight. Delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, almonds, delightfulness. Double check on that one. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. They only have 150 calories and 17 grams of protein. This season, maybe you're craving white chocolate, so for a limited time only, get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor white chocolate cheesecake. That's yummy protein filled with a marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate. Only 140 calories and only 17 grams of protein. So tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Get to Built.com for these incredible tasting bars and 20% off everything held to Built.com. Enter code LOCKED20 before it's too late. Today's podcast also brought to you by Bet Online. It is the fall season. It is nearly winter. It is December. That means it's football in full swing. The NFL playoff races are heating up as we head toward their final quarter of the season. College bowl games are on the horizon and plenty of NBA action too. Don't forget about that. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this holiday season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline is pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline is stuffed with deals this winter, so head to BetOnline today. So the Magic did give us some good news as we're looking ahead toward the toward the rest of the season, toward the second quarter of the season especially. Um, the Orlando Magic gave us an update on where Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac stand in their recoveries, actually allowing us to watch Markel Fultz a little bit um, as he's rehabbing. Um, the big news, of course, uh, Markel Fultz is now cleared to do contact. He was playing some two-on-two after shoot-around on Friday. Uh, he is practicing with the Lakeland Magic. He's not officially assigned there. He's not able to play games, but he is doing some workouts with the team in Lakeland, able to continue to do contact stuff there. That's one of the great uses of the Lakeland Magic. Um, and that's really good sign. Uh, again, like I, I was sitting there after shoot-around on Friday, watching Markel Fultz play two-on-two for about 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes, um, doing two-on-two drills, doing one-on-one drills. Still very, very controlled, but... Uh, able to take bumps, able to take some contact, was getting into the lane, was you know really trying to put do, do the things that Markel Fultz usually does. Certainly about getting his conditioning up. He's certainly not ready to play. I don't think he's close to being ready to play. He's not playing five on five yet, as far as we under, as far as we know. But hitting that milestone and being cleared for contact is a, a really big deal. And again, I know fans have been pushing for more information. They've been bugging me to get more information, and you know the Magic have been really coy with it, but they did. Uh, give us this update, and, and, and again, I do, I do think that that was a, a really important step to just telling fans where they're at. They're not putting timelines, they're not pressuring guys to come back, but just giving a sense of what they're doing um, is really, really important. I feel like, and, and Marco Fultz again uh, is making his way back. Is certainly on the road back. Jonathan Isaac does appear to be a little bit further behind. Um, Isaac is not. Uh, Jeff Weltman said that that Isaac is not cleared to do things that Fultz has been cleared to do. Um, but he continues to work on his process and, and, and on his timeline. Um, again, it's not there is no set timeline for this. The Magic are, you know, I think very cognizant of the previous injuries that Isaac had, and so they're taking their time to make sure that he is back 
back and back for good and not going to have any recurring issues. Um, Weltman said that his shot does look a lot better, that he is he's continuing to work on parts of his game, but obviously uh, they're, they're being very, very careful with this comeback. Um, again, the Magic have said there were no setbacks. Um, you know, you could take them at their word or you don't, you don't, or, or not. Um, but it does appear like both are making their, 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 their way through the process and, and making progress nonetheless, even if Fultz appears to be a little bit further ahead at this point uh, in that return. That, that's a judgment on my part. That's not necessarily uh, where they're at. Um, but certainly looks like certainly looks like Fultz is, is due to be kind of kind of back on the schedule everyone had for him. Uh, he got he was injured again in January, had surgery in January. Uh, so so uh, that year timeline that everyone throws out is looking pretty accurate. Um, but again, that's that's everyone else that's not that's not uh, um, that's 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 not them, that's not their bodies. and so you do have to kind of take them at that word and and, and at that pace uh, as well. Um, again, I, I, I think this is all good in the end. Um, you know, I think we will see uh, Fultz back probably around Christmas or New Year's Day if, I'm, if I had to put a timeline on it for expectations. Isaac, I would imagine, would not be too far behind him. Um, so, I, you know, I would, I would expect that the Magic will kind of have their full complement of players at least by the midpoint of the season. Um, and, and, and then we'll really be able to judge what we have with this team in the second half of the season since we're looking at this quarter poll of the year. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts for your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Medina. Of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter as well at, at omagicdaily. We'll have a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Philadelphia 76ers on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But we want to thank you for making Locked on Magic part of your day today. Now go make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, this is going to be Bill Right this year. next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.